Hello, friends, and thanks for subscribing to the Defining Marriage podcast. Each week, of course, we talk about what's happening with marriage and stuff, although the balance has been shifting more and more to stuff as time goes on. Hi, James. How are you? I am arisen. You look very arrested. You look Uh, comfy and cozy. You're swaddled in softness. uh, Three women came to my hole, and they rolled away the stone, and they peered inside, and they said, there's nothing but band-aids in here. There's just old band-aids, some clumps of hair, and a single poo. He is risen. Yeah, we're not going back to that brothel. I have consumed the yeast. I have gone into the proofing drawer. Wait, is that a... Is that a thing? Is it it's, an Easter I bread? I am an unleavened, unyeastered Easter boy. <laughs> I have gone into the proofing drawer, and Mary has said marvelous, and Paul has said fuck off because he was doing drag as Bayonetta. Uh, your hair could not be wilder right now, nor your train of thought. Gene Wilder, baby. <laughs> okay, he is back. He is risen, and he uh, has become the yeast that has infected my dough. And I am uh, ebullient with wilder uh, aspirations. Do you remember, James, when I made the Easter babka? And this was in when we lived in LA. You gave me uh, a wild-eyed look just now. More wild. To be, Breath of the wild. Yes. Uh, so I made I made a little Easter bread. It was a braided thing. A babka? I think. Yeah, I think. And but no, do you remember? Because I I dyed eggs blue. You died. You are risen. <laughs> Look at me. Yes. And I was in an egg. No, so I took eggs uh-huh. and I blew out all the eggy stuff inside. Blue eggs. Oh, I remember this. I this dyed... was a true nightmare. It, it was not. It came out very nicely. You put a hole in an egg, uh-huh. and you put another hole in the egg, and mm-hmm. then like a like a little piccolo, like you're a yeah, like you're a satyr prancing in the glade. You blow through the egg, and all the egg semen explodes over the the back of my throat. Uh huh. So yeah. So I did that. So the egg was hollow, and then I dyed it with blueberries, uh-huh. with natural dye, and uh, then I squeezed cake batter into the egg and embedded yes. it in bread dough so that when the bread rose, the cake inside the egg would cook. So then when you serve the bread, there's little pretty eggs nestled in the top, and you take the eggs out of the bread, and you peel the eggs, and there's a cake inside. Peeling an egg is a nightmare. <laughs> it's not for you, is it's it? It's not what I want. I don't want to peel something hard mm. uh, even though something hard can be appealing but i don't want to be the one uh chattering and plucking and pecking like i'm some slut hen <laughs> slut hen is that is that me am i the slut hen in this relationship no you're the egg blower clearly oh, we've got uh pigeons roosting nearby now roost bolton this is a new thing oh, i thought you were gonna say something about a rooster oh cockadoodle uh, we've got pigeons that have started vis- visiting our patio. So we were watching them today. Uh, they and <laughs> trying to make pigeon noises at them to see if they were interested. <laughs> I don't think they were interested. That, you, you mean sexually interested? Because it is the time of year when a pigeon and another pigeon that see a, a swollen cloaca, they want to sit on each other. And then something happens. I don't know what happens with, with, with pigeons, mm-hmm. but they sit on each other briefly. Mm-hmm. And then the Easter egg comes out. Can you imagine if things were reversed and the pigeons... Uh, started making noises at us like they just came up to the the patio door and looked in and were like, hey. (laughs) You would be so turned on. You would be presenting your cloaca would be on display. No birds. No birds. Oh, what what animal? Uh, Cute ones. I like cute animals. But not eat. Oh, how could you? uh, With my butt. Uh, Okay. What are we talking about? We've got we've got marriage news to talk about. I am risen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easter. So I am risable. Is there is Easter bread part of the Bible? Is that a thing, or did you just make that up? 
Mm, I mean, for Passover, you're you're not supposed to eat uh, unleavened bread. Oh, does this mean now that Passover and Easter have happened, Good Friday and all those things? I assume they're all related. Is this, does this mean that it's going to go back to being the the macaroons are no longer going to have a place of honor in the grocery store? Uh, yeah, but I think that it doesn't Manischewitz always have, Manischewitz never really leaves us. It just, it goes away from the front of the store back to, uh, the ghetto. It goes, yes, under, under a little shroud of Turin for the rest of the year. Oh, mixing our metaphor. I suppose. Uh, well, I'll miss, I'll miss all the, um, all the, the, the tasty macaroons. I'll miss the peeps. I'll miss the Cadbury cream eggs, which are probably going to go down to like... 20 for a nickel, right? Well, there, then it, that's a boon. It, it is. I'm going to have to snatch them all up, James. I'm just going to eat Cadbury cream eggs and nothing else that's for weeks. That's a pat boon. Uh, now, speaking of Shrouds of Turin, we've recently been introduced to Medjed. Oh, gosh, yes. We definitely should talk about this. This, uh, so the Egyptian god of uh, Pac-Man, what is he? Beats me. It's a sheet with legs. Mm-hmm. It is a, a ghost sheet with eyes and human legs. Yep. And it's my new friend. It, it looks a bit like the penis in, um, not up. What's the uh, what's the Russ Meyer film that starts with the penis? Oh, well, oh that, which is the one? Indeed, but that is a movie that is an Easter metaphor. We're talking about, I believe, oh, um, beyond the Valley of the Ultra Vixens. I think it's beneath the beneath. valley, but okay. it, we're somewhere. We're past the Valley of the Ultra Vixens for for certain. Mm-hmm. It begins with a, a busty young woman playing pong mm-hmm. and a man playing the piano and mm-hmm. taking off his clothes. Mm-hmm. He gets into a car. Often, mm-hmm. He says, Fräulein, if you please. Uh, she puts on some could you swank. Do could you do it with the accent? Uh, Fräulein, if you please. Yes. Um, I don't know why I like it when you do the German accent so much. I don't even know if that was German, but she. So then it goes. That's the pigeon doing that. That's Scuttle doing that. Okay, what I'm hearing right now is a stripper slowly drowning. <laughs> well, that may happen later in the film. But she approaches the coffin where the man is lying. He's covered himself completely head to toe in a sheet with eyes cut out of it so he can peer out. <laughs> yes. And he's also wearing, I believe, Converse All Stars. Oh yeah. And this is a this is not a young man. This is a this is a larger, thicker, a older man, a Santa type man lying in a coffin with his Converse All Stars poking out the bottom of a sheet with eye holes cut in it. Mm-hmm. And as the, the busty woman who has to turn off the pong console which might have been an odyssey i'm not sure what console she was playing but she switches it off and she goes over to him and as she approaches his penis pops up and it's wearing its own ghost sheet it's with my eyes thing i love it so much and then uh he gets very excited as she approaches it wiggles and makes sounds and then his converse all-stars start to wiggle uh and that is easter because he is risen now that you describe it the position of this scene in relation to the Valley of the Ultra Vixens would definitely be beneath. Sure. Anyway, so happy Easter, everyone. Happy Good Friday. Happy uh, Bad Saturday. I don't know. What's the, is there a bad thing for the Good Friday? Um, actually, the Saturday does have a name. They all have names. Like, it's Spy Wednesday. Spy Wednesday, really? It is, yes, because that's supposed for Gladys to be the, Kravitz. <laughs> yes, that's the day that uh, all the all all the the Jesus team were having uh, a lunch, and he oh, was, and they spied him. He was twitching his nose, and uh, he was making fish just explode out of every toilet. And wine, Samantha, yeah, people started crying wine, and then Paul Lind appeared. Hold, stop. 
This all happens. Wait, crying wine is in the Bible? Uh, well, we'll talk about that later, Matthew. Red, red wine. Ooh. Uh, that's not how that song goes. Anyway, though, uh, <laughs> Uncle Arthur appears. He's uh-huh. like, Charlotte, do you have any garbage? Oh, I'm a dirty boy. I'm a flop sweating gimmick. And, uh, and and then at that moment, mm-hmm. uh, the neighbor comes in and is like, Can I borrow a cup of sugar? <gasps> oh, Arthur! And he goes, Get away from there. Get away. Okay, Gladys has become sort of an Audrey in this retelling of things. Or possibly Janine from Ghostbusters. Oh, what do you want? (laughs) Anyway. But she sees, she sees she's the spy, and she goes to to a Roman Roman, and she says, Roman Polanski, lay your hands on me, baby. I know you know how. Shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. (laughs) Yes, shame. But she rings her bell. Shame, shame, shame. But I saw the Jesus crying the wine and the fish. Oh, so many fish. He was serving fishy realness. Oh, wait, James, what? is this the part where he turns wine into, I mean, water into wine and fish into loaves or loaves into fish? Nope. No? Absolutely not. Oh. And then uh, and then they say, uh, will you betray him with a kiss? And Gladys says, oh, well... <laughs> I never kiss and tell. Well, that's like literally the premise here. We need you to kiss and tell. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, if it'll oh, give me uh, 30 pieces of Easter candy, maybe. Ooh. And that's uh, Spy Wednesday. I do not understand. It might be Holy Saturday. Judas Kravitz. Holy moly. <laughs> this this Judas Kravitz character that you've created. Mm. Um, now, we- this is where the rabbits get involved, Matthew, okay. because she, uh, to distract the rest of Jesus' team, she has to release a bunch of rabbits into the dinner. I would find that very distracting. I know, and then they all just want to pat them and hop on the... They get, they get down on all fours, and they're hopping all around, mm-hmm. and then she uses what, the that moment... The disciples are? Uh, yeah, and then she uses that moment to, to sidle up, besidle uh, the Jesus, and she says... That's a character from Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, yep, absolutely. Well... I mean, see, it's all, it all, it's all connected. I didn't realize... It's all a great spiritual that tapestry. bewitched, yes. JC Superstar, uh-huh. Fiddler... Yep. What else have we referenced here? Maybe, oh, Little Shop. These are all of... These are all one story. All this is the monomyth. No wonder they call it the greatest story ever told. I know. It springs from the collective unconscious, like Persona. So then Gladys's Persona <laughs> comes out. She goes, Persona, and it's the ultimate busybody. Mm-hmm. Who do you think the ultimate busybody is? Oh, Mrs. Akmonic. Well, okay. So it's Mrs. Akmonic... Mm-hmm. And she's Jerry like, Seinfeld's mother. Yes, and she's like, "Are you hiding an alien in here?" And uh, she, Gladys says, "Ah, I think that maybe this one's from another world." And uh, Akmonic <laughs> goes, "Aha! Then we best betray him with a kiss." Uh, and so she dips him, and she she cradles the back of his head in a very pieta pose and mm-hmm. strokes his beard mm-hmm. and, and some bugs come out of it because it's that time of, uh, of the world of the what oh, uh, oh you know it's a time when, when humans okay, had, sure, had a lot sure. of bugs in their beard yeah. and they had a lot of worms in their stomach we forget about this but they probably i mean they probably shit a lot and it was gross and they probably were covered in bugs you and, know everyone and, talks about yes. turning loaves into fishes but mm-hmm. if jesus really wanted to do something useful he turned shit into something less awful well that is how we get the term Paul. Polish a turd. Oh. 
Because that is what you do on the Feast of the Assumption. Oh, I... You make I assumptions did about... Did not it. assume that that is what is done. Yes. You make an ass of you and me, and you make a gold <laughs> out of a turd. That comes so, out of the ass? So, so you, she, she dips him, you see, Mrs. Akmonic, and she goes... In chocolate? She dips him in chocolate, and that's how we get the chocolate-covered peep. Oh. The one that's just got a little bit on the bottom, because it's just sort of the back of him. This is, like, this is the <laughs> baptism by chocolate. Oh, that baptism thing where you just put someone's butt into a into, yeah. a, into a colloid solution? Exactly, and then it comes out, and it's and it's tempered chocolate, mm-hmm. which Mary says, temper, "Magnifique." Temper. Yeah, she said, "Temper, temper." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 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 so Mrs. Akmonic, the persona of Gladys Kravitz, says, uh, "Give us some tongue." <laughs> and uh, of course, there's the uh, ritualistic exchange of the tongues. Oh, that's where we get speaking in tongues. Exactly right. Exactly right. The Holy Spirit puts tongues of fire into both of them, and those flaming tongues intertwine, and uh, and they go like, because that's what speaking in tongues is. Oh, that's it's also a book of the Bible, isn't it? It uh, the the tongue speak. Yes, that. <laughs> Tongues Untied is the, my chapter of the Bible. Can Everyone you, gets to write their own chapter. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So the, it is a, like a whole bunch of pages left oh, blank in the back. James. What? You know what those are called, of course, when you have a story that everyone takes turns writing. Uh, oh, The Exquisite Corpse. Of course. And it is the most exquisite corpse in the greatest story ever told. <laughs> How exquisite. It is. And it's the it's an exquisite corpse that's been going for thousands of years. And so, Akmonic does the kiss, mm-hmm. and then Roman Polanski comes in, mm-hmm. and, he, and he says, uh, the aristocrats. And Can that you- is Spy Wednesday. <laughs> Can you believe that the title, the temporary title that I gave this while I'm recording uh, is Falklands? Because I thought we were going to talk about the politics of the Falklands. Well, we very well. I don't know what the Falklands are. I know this, Matthew, Mm -hmm. that Spy Wednesday comes on the heels of Spy Hard and Spy Kids. Okay. What do you spy with your little eye? I spy a Matthew who wants to move on to the news. I also need to just brag for a moment about a uh, flan that I made. It came out looking pretty good, and we haven't eaten it yet, so... We it's Schrodinger's flan at the moment mm. um, because we don't know if it's just scrambled eggs in there, but it looks real good. And so because we haven't cut into it yet, it's just cooling on the countertop. Uh, you have not yet uh, tell, told me what <laughs> went wrong with the flan. Maybe oh, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's fine. You? you might actually praise me. Oh, but maybe, but probably we'll find not. out. We'll find out. It looks fantastic. Thank you. Uh, okay, so what's the news this week? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. We'll get to the Falklands eventually, but uh, let's start uh-huh. in these United States. Yes. Uh, briefly, these aren't uh, directly connected with marriage, but they're close enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Nebraska, I just have in my notes written here, adoption thing. Oh. So let's talk about the adoption thing, where Nebraska was the last state in the country where LGBT couples, same-sex couples, were not allowed to adopt. Now, Nebraska's Supreme Court has ruled that that is unconstitutional, so that's going to be going away. Now, how on, on what grounds was that law okay? <sighs> um, I think the way that they've justified, I'm not sure if this is the case in Nebraska, but usually other states, the way they've done it is they've said, you have to be married. No, this isn't actually how it would have been in Nebraska, because many states said you have to be married in order to adopt. And that was their yeah. way of blocking same-sex couples. Yeah, that's why I was wondering, how did Nebraska stick around after marriage was legal? I think they I think they just literally had a rule that said you have to be a man and a woman. Now, hmm. officials said, look, we haven't been enforcing this for years, so uh, you don't need to rule on it. We mm-hmm. can just keep the law around and not enforce it okay but why I, yeah why do that 
rule, rule on it. Make it unconstitutional, for heaven's sake, if everyone agrees. So now it is unconstitutional. Well, because they don't agree, right? That's why they want to keep it around, because they would rather it be there just just in case they're able to chip away at... Yep. at uh, I would... I yeah. guess. I guess. Uh, anyway, and then uh, in Colorado, mm-hmm. there's another little court victory in federal court. A uh, landlord refused to rent to, to women, mm-hmm. saying that the uh, landlord did not approve of the, quote, unique relationship. Uh, one of them was also trans. They were Unique? Had, yes. Well, he should go to the Seven Sisters sometimes. There's nothing unique about that relationship. Who are the Seven Sisters? Well, oh, the Seven Brides or uh, Seven Brothers? Sleepy and <laughs> humpy and mm-hmm. dumpy. So anyway, the landlord uh, was sued, did not respond to the lawsuit, and uh, because of that, uh, this uh, ruling probably will not be appealed, or cannot be appealed. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a federal court saying, uh, unfortunately, that also means that this can't go up to the Supreme Court. So you said one of the women was trans? Yes. Okay. I mean, was that that an extra factor? Like, would he have been okay if it was uh, two cis women? I don't know. It was actually a female landlord. Um, So I don't know. Uh, if that would, hmm. Well, I'm just wondering if this is uh, a, a sexuality, a gender, or a mix. Like what? It, oh, what oh, the so, actual objection was? Uh, so uh, this was a ruling that uh, it was a it was a gender ruling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, saying that uh, LGBTs are protected because discrimination against them is based on stereotypes about how a particular gender should behave. Oh, interesting. Yes. Well, that's quite interesting. It is. Yes. It's, it's an extremely promising ruling. Yeah. Now, have have rulings like that come down before? Because no. that's that's quite interesting. This is very new uh, and very exciting. Okay. So this it's it's a it's a really good thing. So we'll have to see how other courts interpret this ruling because this is just uh, District of Oh, I don't remember District of Colorado, whichever one that because that's essentially saying that you can't discriminate on the basis of perceived or traditional or received gender roles. Exactly. Which is different than saying just like, what's in your pantaloons? Well, yeah. So what this builds on is a case from many years ago where a woman was denied uh, employment opportunities because she was not perceived as feminine enough. Oh, uh, Specifically, she was not allowed, she was not given promotions because she was seen as too masculine and aggressive. She didn't wear um, dresses or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the court was like, no, you can't say that women, you know, you can't discriminate because you some, think someone is not fulfilling the stereotype of a gender. And that it, right. it extends, this judge has now ruled, to uh, to your partner or the, the person to whom you are attracted. Right. So this is potentially laying the framework to protect gender nonconformity in, in various forms. Yes. Um, now, how does this jive with the Trump administration's rules that women have to wear dresses? Ooh, uh, I don't know. Uh, we're looking at uh, probably some conflict there. Oh, well. Uh, So another uh, thing going on in Texas, there's a bill pending there that, you know, this is very familiar, that judges would be allowed to abstain from issuing licenses. It's another one of these. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in North Carolina. Well, that's where abstinence only education gets (laughs) you. Yes. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's just abstaining from everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Except not. Uh, In North Carolina, uh, the Supreme Court. uh, Oh, gosh. Yes. So. Uh, these three Republicans have introduced a bill. Mm-hmm. It's called the Uphold Historical Marriage Act. You can oh. probably guess where this is going. Okay. Uh, what the bill says is that the the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling, uh, Obergefell, uh-huh. is, quote, null and void. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, the- uh, <laughs> I mean... Boy, oh boy, don't we have a couple hundred years of nullification? <laughs> mm-hmm. and like it's, it's never worked. It's never worked. You can't. You just can't do that. Okay. So uh, the bill includes this line. This is my favorite line. Uh-huh. 
The ruling of the United States Supreme Court not only exceeds the authority of the court uh-huh. relative. Uh, oh, sorry, not, uh, I've got some dots, dots, dots here. Let me let me do this again. Okay. The ruling of the United States Supreme Court exceeds the authority of the court relative to the decree of Almighty God that a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Okay, so we are taking uh, a religious text <laughs> from one particular religion mm-hmm. and making it law. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, uh, so establishing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Somebody ought to write a clause about that. Mm, uh, so Santa yeah, Claus. exceeds the authority of the court relative to the decree of Almighty God. God. Okay. So I, also, I was about to say how interesting that this time they didn't go with traditional marriage or natural marriage, which have been the terms they've used before. Historical they went with historical. Marriage, yeah. So here they're saying the historical person of Almighty God <laughs> said this uh, in Genesis, starring Phil Collins, mm-hmm. and therefore and the Sonic. court cannot absolutely the sega genesis known as mega drive elsewhere mm. uh oh drive me up a wall you <laughs> son of a bitch um but uh, so historical ma- that's fascinating because like they didn't cite i was waiting for what they were going to cite that was historical mm. and they just cited a bible passage yes well that god said uh, leave your father and your mother hold fast to your wife with some some sticky glue uh, apparently so. They um, shall become one flesh. I, they not, should. Uh, so I guess they're also going to outlaw divorce. I'm probably. And, and, uh, uh, well, I mean, are they though? Fibers I, and, I mean, and all this stuff yeah. Like, uh, okay. So then, <laughs> then if what God has joined, no man shall sunder. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess we have to get rid of divorce. I don't want to sunder nothing. Well, you're not allowed to because almighty God, uh, in the, in the person of yeasty Jesus said, uh, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's it's a real shame. Uh, North Carolina, I will say, a uh, very pretty place. Oh, I, it's got Dollywood. It's got Dollywood? Mm-hmm. Do, wait, does it? I think that's in Tennessee. Is it in oh, North Carolina? Beats me. You're the one who always tells me about your Dollywood memories. I, yeah. I all think, day, every day, all I hear about is, uh, is uh, Christine, 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 you're a haunted car that's going to eat me. Uh, listeners, I want you to know that sometimes when James does something that he thinks I'm going to become, uh, not angry about, but when he does something that, that he thinks I might, uh, be like, oh, would you knock that off, uh, about what he, what he does is before, before he, before he engages in it, he will put his hands upon me and sometimes his feet, he'll put his feet on my feet so it's that the I can't laying of hands. You're laying your hands. Yeah. So when he sang Christine, it was, Christine, it was with his hands on my hands Christine, to hold me in my chair. Christine, Christine. I like it very much. I you know your name is actually Jolene. <laughs> uh, okay. It's I about- didn't at first though. <laughs> What an admission. <laughs> oh, we're all... It's a confession. It's a confession. Ooh, it's a uh, back alley confessions with mm. Matthew. That could be your next podcast, back alley confessions. So apparently confessions, slime confessions are a thing on Instagram. Uh, this is recently... Com- slime confessions? You heard me. This is something that recently came to my attention from the podcast, No Such Thing as a Fish. Okay. Where first, just slime was a thing on Instagram. Like, uh, Like... People? I don't know, falling from the sky, green slime slime? Yes. Okay. So people have discovered that you can make slime relatively easily with a bunch of simple ingredients, among them glue. And so people are just making slime and posting, they're just entire accounts devoted to slime pictures. What are you making slime? I mean, um, we've had slime technology for generations. Well, I guess the kids have found it now. Okay. So they love it. So there's just like 
slime everywhere. And what? on Instagram, if you look up slime on Instagram, it's just never ending. And so then apparently, according to this podcast, I did not do a lot of research on this, slime confessions are a thing where people make short little Instagram videos where okay. they talk about how much they love slime. Like it's it's some forbidden thing where they're confiding in, in all the people watching the slime hashtag. Weird, right? And you know, it was just this week I learned about mukbang. Uh, and I thought that was going to be my thing of the week. Slime confessions, huh? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I mean, mukbang sounds like he could be involved in slime. Well, I guess it depends on what the slime's made out of. It's made out of muck. Well, there you go. Bang. Uh, okay, what else have we got in the U.S.? Oh, we've got uh, University of Washington School of Social Work Study. Mm-hmm. That's so, oh, right in our backyard. It is, it is. They're just across the water from us. Oh, I hope they don't drown. It's okay. I hope so, too. It's a good thing to. Do you want to call them up and let them know that you hope that for them? Oh, Jets? nice school you got there. I hope nobody <laughs> Would be a floods shame it. If someone drowned. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, check the Midnight Channel. What's the Midnight Channel? It's where I do. Uh, oh, this is the for Midnight another Cowboy. persona thing, isn't it? Oh. oh no, no, no! It's Stephen King, right? Or is it persona? I don't remember what it is. Anyway, it's you- the Midnight Special now. Okay. The Midnight Special tonight. Mm-hmm. Hot dogs. Oh, do you want a hot dog for dinner? Absolutely. What do you not. want me to make you for dinner? We have noki. I want flan. You want flan for dinner? I want a flantastic Mr. Flox. James, you can have flan tomorrow oh. and flan yesterday, yes. but never flan today. Oh, it's a true nightmare. <laughs> uh, what a world. Anyway, so a new study from the Washington School, University of Washington School of Social Work says that they study people between the ages of 50 and 100, oh. uh, like Carol Channing. No, 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 she's 101. Well, I just 101. So she would not be covered in this study. Uh, but that accounts for the bleeding. So the uh, their findings are that LGBT people mm. who are married mm. have better mental, physical, and financial well-being in their salad years. No, wait, are those the salad years or the mold years? Those are the mold years. The salad has long since passed its expiration date. Okay, so if you're between 50 and 100 and you're gay, you should get married is what they're saying. Well, I think what they're just saying is, I mean, you know, I, I haven't looked at this study. I don't know. I don't know my ass for my elbow, Matthew. This isn't the feast of the assumption. I'm making a lot of assumptions, <laughs> okay. and I'm going to have a lot of feast. But I tell you this, that, uh, yeah, having somebody else uh, who you trust and is looking out for you, and you're looking out for them, and you are entering your, your dotage together, mm-hmm. uh, is probably going to produce a, a better outcome than being on your own pretending dogs are people they won't help you when you fall down the stairs the puppies waiting to eat your anus call it calamari and then go to the store why do you go to the store at the end of that james that is the least that is the last thing a person would do no the dog goes oh the dog the goes person's to... not going anywhere the dog just ate their anus so uh so the dog eats an anus and then goes to the store and does, <laughs> does what and it's but like only on its own oh it's like that um what is he it's a uh, uh, uh is it a corgi i think it's a corgi mm-hmm. in japan that does like this long trip around the neighborhood and goes to all these different stores and so this japanese tv show was like we're gonna follow this dog because he was getting really fat and the owner was like what's going on with this yep. guy uh-huh. so they just followed him from place to place and everywhere the dog went people were like they had different names mm. for him and they were all feeding him and they were all like oh that's our dog yep. he, he leaves for he only he's here a few hours a day and mm-hmm. it turns out the dog is basically doing shift work at all these different places oh he now he's working it matthew he's a working he's a working girl girl. it's nine to five oh james the japanese nine to five would definitely be about corgis tumble out of bed and find out you're a corgi go to walter stores and get a (laughs) piorgi gonna go (laughs) 
was wondering what you were going to rhyme with corgi, and apparently you were wondering that as well. It was like a pierogi, <laughs> but it's a piorgi in Japan. Now, we don't know what they call pierogies. That's true. That's true. It's it's probably a, a neko neko chan. Oh, that's so cute. Except that would be cat cat. Okay. Little, little girl cat cat. Little girl cute. cat cat. I, 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 James, I don't, don't tell me that that's not what they might call a pierogi in Japan. Maybe. It's my prerogative. Anyway, speaking of international news. Yeah. Uh, the Falklands. Yes. Has legalized marriage equality. Congratulations, the Falklands. Oh, that's the place where uh, Peter Falk lost his eye. <laughs> it was it's somewhere in the in conquest the of the Falklands. So tell me. So, every- tell me one more thing, island. Uh, look, uh, hey, look, uh, I know about your laundry bluing. I, I blew some laundry myself in my days, so you don't have to hide anything from me, little uh, Columbo the yogurt man. Now I am the king of this island, and it is Falkland. Goodbye. And then uh, as he was fleeing, a uh, bird just pucked, plecked his eye out. Oh, God. Plecked. Grim. Plecked? Yep. Was it a penguin? Because they have penguins in the It Falklands. was apoplectic. Uh, tell me about the penguins. So I'm delighted to tell you about penguins, but I don't have any information about them. Oh. So, but the Falklands did just legalize marriage equality. Oh. Uh, the uh, surveys indicated that the population was 90% in favor of marriage. What is the Falklands? I know Margaret Thatcher had thoughts about them. Yes. And they make an appearance in Game of Thrones, the original Game of Thrones. What? Uh, in the third season, there's a bit of a, a conflict over them. Anyway. Well, was Margaret Thatcher involved? I No. no well, I, at that point, um, Frances Underwood is uh, in, in a, a unique position. Okay, I have no spoilers to, about wait. Game of Thrones. Nope. Sorry. Game of Thrones. House of Cards. I, what is this Game of Thrones? House of Cards. House okay. of Cards, not Game of Thrones. But oh, I'm pretty sure goodness. it's the same show. I think Theon Greyjoy would probably try to take the Falklands. Probably. They're just useless enough. Well, are they? What are they? Why? What are they? So they are very southern. They're oh. off the tip of Chile okay. or Argentina. Well, what, one of those. What's what's the thing that goes further south in South America? Whatever that is, they're off the coast of it. Uh, Antarctica. Okay. So they, uh, they're they a small blob of islands. Bloop. Slime islands. Oh. And, <laughs> and oh. there's 3,000 people who live there. So okay. not a huge community, sure. but hooray for them. Okay. Uh, they uh, have legalized marriage equality by a vote of, I think it was seven to one. Is it a, is a British thing it's, or is it controlled by, is it self-governed? Is it? Yeah. So it's one of those complicated things that is technically part of England, but also not exactly England. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly how the government there works, but they basically run their own show. I guess what I'm trying to understand is, is this another South American country that has marriage equality or is it some satellite of britain that has marriage equality i think it's a satellite of britain okay yeah so anyway so to celebrate uh they're going to be having a rainbow fun day oh isn't that nice rainbow fun day yeah. what does what happens on rainbow fun I day i have no idea i couldn't find any information about what they're actually going to do for rainbow fun day i assume find pots of gold or something uh, well perhaps i uh, maybe or i don't know they're, they'll do that thing where the care bears all line up and they shoot rainbows out of themselves oh out of the care bears stare uh-huh that are there a lot of bears who live in the falklands all i know is that there are penguins and i don't mm. know anything about the penguins now a penguin is a gay man who never takes his tuxedo off yes that's correct and also uh well i guess there's the ones that don't take their tuxedo off and then there's the uh devito-esques who yes. bite noses <laughs> like in uh the turtle club <laughs> So those are that's going on in the Falklands. So hooray and congratulations! Oh, also Rainbow it's the, Fun Day. It's the southernmost Pride event in the world. Oh well, that's good to know. Which actually surprised me that Antarctica mm. doesn't have a 
Pride event of any kind. Well, uh, get on it, Antarctica. Yeah. If any of our listeners are in Antarctica, yes. which our statistics tell me they are not, uh-huh. uh, but if anyone at this at some point, some penguin does happen to listen to this, uh, throw a little pride parade. Can that be my drag fursona, Antarctica? Yes. Uh, Antarctica. Mm-hmm. That's it. I go, oh, it's fucking cold. <laughs> oh, That's my catchphrase. Oh, boy. Oh, get Annie an Afghan. Oh, shit. It's cold. Oh, my toes. Who? Oh, my toes are numb. Oh. Who wants this character? This is a drag sensation that's sweeping the nation. Okay. From. Do you uh, mean literally like sweeping up things? Yes. Like at the end of Bullwinkle, mm-hmm. the thing that follows the uh, elephant. That's Antarctica. Oh, that's her. That's she's her. Like, she's like a Zamboni. She twitches her mustache and jumps in the trash can herself. Oh, that's so you. Are you Antarctica, James? I I told you I was. Oh, surprise. Oh, would you betray me with a kiss? I would. Don't do it. I, oh, but I want to kiss you. Oh, but you'll hit the microphone. Okay, so uh, that's about it for the news this week. Oh, uh, this week has been full of fault all. We have not been respectful of the news. Oh, well. That's fine. The news does not deserve our respect. Hmm... Now, you've done, speaking of news, you've done a lot of reportage this yes, week. Yes, I have. It's there's, been a busy week. Yes. So, uh, listeners, as you may have heard, there's some terrible things happening in Chechnya right now. Uh, it's not very good, uh, but uh, international figures are doing what they can to uh, alleviate the suffering. Not so, here. Not Well, not everybody's doing what they can. Responsible people are, but our leaders are not. So, the Russian LGBT network is one of the primary groups that's responding to this crisis where security forces in Chechnya are rounding up gay men. Now, I do think it's important to note that uh, authorities there have been on a brutal crack, engaging in brutal crackdowns for years. And so it is nothing new that gay men are being abused, and it's nothing new that authorities are rounding people up, disappearing them, kidnapping them, killing them, whatever. What is new is just the magnitude of the focus on gay men that has started in the last few weeks. And it's a real disaster. So uh, the Russian LGBT network is doing what they can to get people out of there. So uh, they're advising people to just post information publicly of if you are in danger in Chechnya, here is the information that you need. You call this number to, or go to this website, the Russian LGBT, you know, just Google the Russian LGBT network uh, and they can help evacuate you. Do not contact anyone who you think might be in danger uh, because authorities can intercept communications and uh, could be very dangerous. Uh, but uh, also sign Amnesty International's petition. Amnesty International is putting a lot of pressure on the State Department. Hopefully the State Department will listen. Uh, what's going to be required here is for authorities to uh, Russian authorities to intervene, which is a tall order because Russian authorities are themselves fairly horrible about LGBTs. So um, in years past, the State Department had a Secretary of State, uh, some lady, I don't remember her name, uh, who was very good about uh, um, enforcing, not enforcing, but expanding LGBT civil rights around the world. Uh, that is not happening right now. And so groups like Amnesty International are uh, doing what they can to remedy that situation. I spoke to somebody at Amnesty who, uh, you have never heard a, a communications person speak through more gritted teeth than the woman I spoke to at Amnesty, uh, who um, was saying, you know, talking about, saying as diplomatically as she could, uh, I think the way she put it is, there are... Um, new relationships to form with the incoming administration. So uh, they're doing what they can. The Russian LGBT network's doing what they can. ILGA Europe is doing what it can. I I can't remember what that stands for. International Gay and Lesbian Association, I think. Uh, So just, you know, basically 
subscribe to the mailing list of these organizations if you want to help. Wait for them to send out uh, action alerts, donate money. You can volunteer for them. There's lots of things you can do uh, by hooking up with these charitable organizations that are doing their best. It's a real lousy situation, and uh, it's not awesome that... Uh, American officials are really not doing anything about it. Australian officials, on the other hand, the uh, equivalent of the Secretary of State in Australia, uh, put out a strongly worded statement as directing uh, consular officials uh, to meet with Russian officials. So stuff is happening uh, on the Australian side, uh, which is rich given that they've got their own issues with marriage right now. But uh, U.S. Uh, could, be, could be doing a lot more, but uh, it doesn't involve oil, so I guess they don't care. When the story first broke, a lot of the... Uh interest was over the the term concentration camp. And I noticed that you, in your pieces and in your your speaking of it, you do not call them that. No, I'm being cautious there. There's no indication that there are any concentration camps. Uh, A lot of people have used that term, and I think it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing that that happened. One is that when using the term concentration camps, that really sets everybody to red alert. Um, So it's good that it brought attention to this. But there's actually been no indication that there are concentration camps, which are camps set up for the indefinite holding of specific groups of people. The facilities that people are being held in are illegal, uh, but all indications are that there are facilities where lots of different groups are being held. So you might have Roma there, you might have um, the, the raw, in quotation marks, the wrong kind of Muslim. Uh, you might have fortune tellers for some reason. There was a big crackdown on fortune tellers. Uh, you, people who were found drunk in public, people who, uh, are, uh, selling drugs. Uh, all it takes is to be unlucky or to commit a minor crime or to belong to the wrong group. And you'll wind up in one of these facilities. They are not concentration camps. They are torture centers, illegal torture centers. So still not very good, but doesn't quite ring the alarm bells as, effectively as the term concentration camp i just i hate to be crying wolf here with oh they're concentration camping and they're really not so i don't want to be pedantic of course because obviously what's going on is horrible and calling them concentration camps has drawn attention and you know so i guess what i'm trying to understand is is it a distinction without a difference and i'm not pushing you on this i don't think you've done anything wrong with your reporting like i honestly just don't fully understand what the difference is, because didn't concentration camps uh, historically involve primarily one group of people, but also some others? Like, it's not like um, LGBT Germans went to different camps, or did they? Maybe I don't know. That is a good question. And no, I believe the populations in uh, Buchenwald and Auschwitz and all those were, I'm pretty sure those populations were mixed. Um, So... Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't want to be a pedant. I'm not trying to poke holes in, in the terminology you've been using. I think it's it's perfectly clear and understandable what you've been saying. Um, I just want to know if it is fair to call them concentration camps or not. Everyone, every expert I spoke to uh, did not use the term concentration camp. And I would say all of them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all of them specifically said that it is a term they would not use. Okay. So people who seem to know what they're talking about are not using that term. Okay. Okay. And do you think that that's because they just don't want to go straight up Godwin's Law? Or do you think it's like literally such a different thing? I think 
if you are working in the field of humanitarian aid and human rights, that you are very careful about using that term. Sure. And you don't want to throw it around unless it's actually happening and it's definitely going on. So Mm -hmm. I think for someone who's a professional in that field, it would be a big deal to use that term. And for lay people, it's probably not such a big difference. Like it would be difficult to, to discern like why it matters that there's, you know, what's the difference between a legal torture prison facility and a concentration camp? Cause that seems to be, I mean, from the description, it sounds like it would be the same thing, but I, I I'll tell I'll tell you one thing that did actually annoy me a bit more about the coverage of this, mm-hmm. uh, is so the head of Chechnya, uh, his name is Radan, I think, Kar- 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 or something. Um, it's a difficult pr- to pronounce name. Uh, so the head of Chechnya is, uh, he's a real nutcase. Um, he's, extremely Trump um, in in some ways. Uh, he actually had a reality show modeled on The Apprentice to choose his uh, assistant when uh, a few years ago. Oh, boy. Uh, when they were trying to soften his image. Uh, he has, if you look at his Instagram, because of course he's on Instagram, yep. uh, it's videos of him like weightlifting. So he shares Trump's obsession with the optics of power and masculinity that seemed almost i mean i guess i can see that it's also very putinesque mm-hmm. yeah i would say putin trump and this chechen head of state are very similar men mm-hmm. um and so he's also a, an ally of putin's well naturally yeah. yeah um and so i did see some coverage that was like making fun of him by saying here's some homoerotic pictures of the head of Chechnya. Mm -hmm. And I really object to that. Mm -hmm. I object to it when it's like, oh, Mike Pence, he won't have dinner with a woman. Or Mike Pence, like conversion therapy, he might be a little, you know, sugary gas tank. (laughs) Uh I really dislike Mm -hmm. when it's like, oh, maybe he's uh, got a secret. Because it's so insulting to be like, ooh, wouldn't it be be silly if he was gay? Wouldn't that be funny? Well, wouldn't that be emasculating? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be terrible if his dark secret that he kissed a boy came out? Yeah, it's Um, Simultaneously homophobic and misogynist, and I just really hate when I see that. Whether it's whether it's the head of Chechnya, whether it's the governor of Indiana, whoever it is, some preacher who's who's got kind of a high pitched voice, whatever it is, if you're like, sure seems gay to me, um, man, oh man, I, I, it just really rubs me the wrong way. I have mixed feelings about it, but I think on balance, you can probably find a better joke or a better method of culture jamming. Sure. And I think if you want to call it actual hypocrisy, go for it. But that's not what's going on here. And for something completely different, you also covered Richard Simmons. Yes, indeed. For something a little lighter, perhaps, uh, but only a little lighter because uh, there's a lot of concern about him. Uh, I personally, having investigated the Simmons situation myself, uh, every indication I can see is that he's fine. He's just fine. He just does not want to be the Richard Simmons that everyone has known him as forever. Uh, I wrote a piece for Slate about, is he a gay icon? Is it fair to call him a gay icon? Because he certainly never called himself that. Uh, He barely talked openly about his sexuality. And on one hand, I do kind of object to that. I, I think when someone has a public platform, they're in a position to do a lot of good by coming out of the closet. On the other hand... Richard Simmons does not owe me shit. And if he has reasons for not talking about it, well, it's none of my fucking business. So 
the article that I that I wrote was about like you know why why do people love him and, and is he a gay icon or is he not because lots of people are gay icons who are not gay themselves. I had Barbara Streisand or Bette Midler, um, fewer men, but uh, still, you know it, 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 what what exactly what kind of what kind of icon is he? Because he has also been very cute with his innuendo. There's an appearance that he made on Whose Lines in Anyway that is super duper gay. I mean, his Slimmons classes, by all accounts, were super duper gay, you know, pawing at men in those classes. Um, you know, he knew exactly how to wink and nudge and, and roll his eyes and ham it up. Uh, and so, you know, the innuendo's there. Uh, and ultimately where I came down on things is that he... Richard, I think, in talking to people who knew him, who know him, he's not dead as far as we know, uh, just very private all of a sudden, uh, that he didn't really consider gay people his people so much as people who were outcasts and people who felt sad about themselves and people who didn't feel like they had a place in the world. Those were his people. And gay people were among those, but also, you know, uh, people who were fat or people who were unhealthy or people who uh, were mentally ill or people who were women, uh, you know, whatever it happened to be that was a... Um, put you in a place of of being disempowered. Uh, Richard really got that. Is he our Kenneth Williams? Is he our Kenneth Williams? Is he our, you know, British camp of the 60s and 70s? Like everyone knows, shut that door, kind of, uh, oh, mother wouldn't like it. Um, Like, you know, mincing and uh, in playing with the stereotype by playing to the stereotype but also Mm. never coming out and actually saying it yes and i have complicated feelings about that um playing with the stereo playing playing with the stereotype well i think it's playing with by playing to yeah i think that's an interesting way to put it i mean it's not quite paul lind it's not quite uh, certainly not rock hudson i mean it's kind of the anti-rock hudson or tab hunter but that's why i compare it to uh to to the british camp tradition because in america those people you cited kept it uh way under wraps like their whole persona was built on hiding it Mm -hmm. whereas uh, in the british camp tradition you you bring it to the surface in such an exaggerated and in some cases Mm self-loathing but in such an exaggerated way that i mean the persona is really centered around that and yeah and his persona, well, it was, I think, you know, it was obviously based on fitness and self-improvement and that sort of thing. I mean, there's no denying that what he presented to the public was capital G gay. Yes. Yes. No, yeah, exactly. Um, and so it is fun to see that stereotype played with, particularly in a context where it is understandable. Like, you know, it, it's not hard to imagine how people would have responded if he did start explicitly talking about being gay. Uh, I mean, no wonder... To me, uh, a lot of these people have this undercurrent of sadness that is a bit repulsive to me. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that's a fair – it's not f- – I don't think it's fair for me to say that uh, – that, that, that I was almost said Paul Williams. Not Paul Williams. What's his name? Kenneth Williams. Nope. I don't think it's fair for me to say how repulsive that he never came out of the closet. Because, how repulsive is Paul Williams? <laughs> well, he's not the cutest. Oh. But, uh, but I like his music. Mm. His music attracts me. Moving right along. Anyway, so, yeah, I like that they were able to find ways to play with it in a time where coming out would have put them in great danger. Mm-hmm. We are not living in that time anymore, and it is hard to cast your mind back to that environment. And so when I look at Richard being cute and coy and campy without ever actually talking about gay, it's hard for me to remember what ramifications he faced. Like, can you imagine if Richard Simmons was gay in 1984 or something? 
when uh, you know a health and when fitness the big guy, brother ad was that's true hel- yes it was not uh homosexuality was not equated with health and fitness in the early 80s no no uh, and you know he, mid 80s or early 90s <sighs> he did a lot of good and helped a lot of people's lives uh, because he was able to talk about health and fitness and i get it I, I get like decades of having to keep that under wraps not to mention all of his religious baggage uh and and whatever um, self-image he had because of his weight when he was young and heavy. Mm. Uh, so, I you know, I get it. I, I mean, you it. say it, it struck through with sadness. Now, I wonder, like, I think you can see... Uh, and again, we, we there's the public performance. There's mm-hmm. the persona um, that is presented. And then there's the actual person. And so, I think all we can talk about is the public performance yeah, I mean, of, of these people. Exactly. So, with, uh, you know, whether it's Kenneth Williams or whether it's Richard Simmons or whether it's, say... Paul Lind. Now that is a public performance that I think is struck through with a kind of anger mm. um, that I didn't see in Richard Simmons. Um, I didn't really see in that public performance, that public persona, it being struck through with anger or sadness. But I he doesn't wonder, have a snarl. Yeah, I wonder to what extent. And you know, I mean, I I could be way off base with this, but the people who are perceiving that aren't projecting that onto him. Oh, I think absolutely. When I see sadness in him, I'm seeing some sadness in myself. I mean, and that's just a way that he has made me feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not his fault. Uh, he doesn't owe, like I said, he doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe it to me not to make me sad. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, do what you want, Richard. Uh, it's my own, it's my own thing to deal in with. In the same it's way that problem. Ronald McDonald makes you horny. Uh, <sighs> he didn't try. He didn't try. He just did it. He just did it. Bless his sexy heart. When he bent Grimace over. Stop it. Uh, no, oh, it, it, readers, I just want you to be assured that I did not find uh, Ronald McDonald. Of all people, James loves to tease me about sexy clowns, but I do not, I've never found a clown sexy. Oh, but the McNugget that's dressed as Dracula. <laughs> Does your daddy have a recipe? Oh, hello, daddy. <laughs> Uh, okay, so where can people find your Richard Simmons article? Uh, you, there are a variety of ways you can find it. Easiest way is just to find me on Slate. I wrote it for Slate Magazine, the online internet website. So if you find me through there, you can find it. You can also uh, scroll back a little bit on my Twitter, and I've got a link to it there. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, and I've got a link to it on my Facebook fan page. So lots of ways. Or you could just you know Google my name plus Richard Simmons. I think it's pretty much the only the only thing that will come up that we have both been involved in. And by in, involved in, I mean, I did it and just mentioned his name. And people could use similar techniques to find your Chechnin uh, writing. Yes, indeed. That was for uh, Vice and Slate. So I wrote a piece for Vice about just what's going on and what you can do. And I wrote a piece for Slate about how the U.S. is abrogating its moral responsibility here. And uh, I'm certain that I will be writing more about the situation as it develops. And you just search for M-A-T-T-B-A-U-M-E. The last E is for erotic. And for something quite a bit more fun, I'm going to be at DragCon in Los Angeles at the end of the month on April 30th at 2 p.m. in room 501 ABC. I don't know why that is the room name, but it is. Easy as one, two, three. Uh, I will be doing a panel called Gamer Confessions, where we'll be talking about slime. No, nope. we'll be talking about games and queer content and our favorite characters. Joining me will be Pandora Box from Drag Race. Also, Gordon Bellamy, the founder of Gay Game Professionals. Dylan Zayner, the uh, Twitch streamer. And Will Shepard, the YouTube personality. So we'll be doing that uh, April 30th, 2 p.m. at uh, DragCon in Los Angeles at the LA Convention Center. Yes, go look. Antarctica. Uh-huh. Antarctica may uh-huh. be there. And she, woof, boy, she's got problems. She, how chilling. Uh, yes, it, it will be a chilling vision of the 
present mm-hmm. if you go. Oh, thank you for the present. You're welcome. Okay, uh, that's about it for this week, everybody. Of course, leave your feedback on the episode. Uh, send it directly to James. Uh, <laughs> if you, you can, can find me, can I'm find very it. mysterious. He is very mysterious. Uh, you can leave a review on iTunes, of course, and also get the book Defining Marriage over at definingmarriage.com. It's an ebook, an audiobook, and print. And by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. Want to you betray me with a kiss? <laughs> <laughs>